Good morning, everyone. You are on YesFM 100.3, your voice in the valley with Kath Kovac from Kapala, and I am presenting my show from the esoteric to the everyday. Um, if you caught last week's show, I had a great chat with Anne, who's a local, and Veronica from Rainbow Light Reflections, who is a local medium. And that was a fascinating chat that could have gone on for about three hours. And this morning I'm chatting to another fascinating woman, Jabiru Boyd. And also this is another chat that could probably go on for three or four or five hours. But fortunately or unfortunately, um, we're limited to like about 50 minutes. So how are you going, Jabiru? Thanks for coming on the show. Oh, hey, Kath. Look, I just thank you so much. I just really appreciate being here. And I want to also acknowledge you. Um, for for being here and shining in my life, and also to um, to acknowledge the um, grandmothers um, uh, in my um, in my mob and um, on country and all all around this beautiful planet. It's our the grandmothers um, they need to be heard, they need to be seen, and need to be um, also need to be acknowledged for who they are and what they share in their wisdom. Mm. So thank you. Well so much. Oh, you're welcome. And so I will also acknowledge the grandmothers and all the people of the Nun- uh, Ngunnawal country that the Yas FM studios is lying upon, that unceded land. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for coming along. So for the audience, the listeners here, Jabiru I have known for several years and I met her at Wise Women Gathering, like I've met lots of interesting women. It's such a great place. Go there, go there. Um, and so... Jabiru is, well, she's many things. I know she does work in the world as a death doula and she's a drummer and a singer and a wise woman and she's very connected to, you know, her ancestors and, and all that kind of thing. And, well, Jabiru and I are going to talk about, I don't know, a lot of different things. But Jabiru first um, shared with me, and I'm just going to get it up on my phone, so bear with me for a second. Um, she shared with me a card that she pulled this morning, an oracle card. So just for people listening, because my show is called From the Esoteric to the Everyday, I like to actually explain things, all this kind of stuff that people do that's not in the kind of everyday mainstream consciousness, and I like to explain it. So oracle cards, if you don't know, are a set of cards, you know, like tarot cards sort of, but they have like messages on them or they have suggestions or prompts, and you can use them to guide decisions so because what they do is help you access the subconscious parts of your brain and uh, messages that are in your body so it's not like that they're magic or anything but they just help guide um, your thinking processes and you can use them for journaling or you can use them you know to when you're speaking with someone to guide the conversation or if you've got something coming up so Jabiru uh, sent me a card the picture of a card this morning um, do you do you want to read the card out, or would you like me to read it out? I'm um, probably you because I thought it can't, it's a bit bit um, bit, bit dark in the area. Okay, all right. Thanks. So this card says uh, "Cosmic Heart," and I haven't got my reading glasses on, so I have to <laughs> look without my glasses. Um, okay, so it says, "I have seen everything. I have no fear. I have the heart of a lion. I shine like Venus." And then it says, so there's always usually a bit of an explanation on the card or in the book that comes with the cards. So this one says, for life to work out with perfect synchronicity and generous grace, there is nothing you need to understand. You have been asked to bear darkness without losing hope for the return of the light. Here you are, still loving, still wise, ready for a love that is bigger than you have ever experienced. And those cards are um, from the... uh, 
from the Rumi, what, Rumi Oracle Cards, um, yeah. which are done by a lady called Alana Fairchild. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Jamaroo, what does this card mean for you? Oh, this morning, it's so beautiful. Well, you know, how we're talking about a writer um, as a woman, you know, I've, you know, I've journeyed through, um, through my own death, my own death experience, um, when I was, um, 27 and then I had my, another one when I was 42. And through that death experience, I was shown my first one, I was shown my future. And in that future, it was all about sound, light and color. So in that experience, I was taken on a journey, which I didn't know at the time, you know, that I was coming out of, um, you know, coming out of um, this awareness of um, the old, you know, the old Nurul, you know, because that was my name, Nurul, boy, you know, from that experience to now culturally being called Jabiroot. And that was a really, very difficult time for me, you know, but I also was shown in that, I mean, in that experience, you know, how that can bring the light through in those dark times. And, and Kaz, honestly, I mean, like, yeah, it even down to wise, the Wiseman's Ferry, the, the Wiseman's Gathering, you know, Women's um, Gathering at, um, in Sydney. I went through that, uh, like a ritual with that too, because I mean, I knew that I was to be there, but I had to find my way and my strengths, because I mean, I knew I had a message there to share <clears throat> about the importance of women's area and men's area. And that can take us on, on another level, because another journey, because, you know, um, as, as an Indigenous woman, but as a woman in general, we have this knowledge inside of us and it gets squashed or all we squash it because we're scared to speak out you know and this is where this i mean when i got this time going oh my god cat this is the perfect card to show myself and to and to light this path for all us women i mean we have a role right now in for humanity and for our children to really acknowledge our medicine, our, our wisdom and our that rite of passage that takes us to the, uh, the next level of our life, which means we've got to let go of something that's not affording for us. Mm. Yeah, it's it's just incredible. I mean and this and this um I actually have done a painting about the cosmic heart. And for me the cosmic heart is the divine mother, divine mother's heart. The grandmother's heart, the mother's heart, the woman's heart, you know, the maiden's heart, the crone's heart, you know. And if we're not really held in that place, I know personally that I can shrivel down or I can be fearful and not want to shine why I'm here. Mm. And it's important, hey? It's so important. It is important. And I think as women... Um, you know, Indigenous woman or no, any type of woman, as you say, or not a type, <laughs> any woman, as you say, uh, with with not or being scared to speak up, very often what I've read is that part of the reason is not so much that we're scared of what will happen if we speak up and we fail and people laugh with us, laugh at us, but what will happen if we speak up and we succeed and we're heard 
and our voice means something in the world. What will happen? Like how will our lives change if people actually respond and if we succeed? And that's like another bigger question. And it's but it's and we don't consciously think of it, but that's I think part of subconsciously that we're actually afraid of succeeding and what that might mean to change our lives. Absolutely, Kath. And, you know, for me personally, when I had my death experience when I was 27, I gave birth to my daughter and um, and I was taken up to the Milky Way. And I had no idea back then what it meant. And um, But but um, years later, when I had my second death experience, I understood the whole purpose. And that was to really open up my – because my heart was cracked open. You know, I died. You know, I went through the lights. Um, I came – I was surrounded by these uh, 13 white – um, galactic beings and they were saying get back there you've got stuff to do I'm going no I want to stay here because we're safe and comfortable no you've got things to do and so when I came back that's what happened it took me some years to process that and then you know I still had moments and this is, this is why I know I know that the last two weeks especially I've been cracked open to really get out there and share more of who I am and where I've come from to be where I am. That means having to let go of, of fear of whatever, mm. you know. That's, that's what happens for us all, for us all. And women are amazing and such, such powerful beings and we actually forget to shine that light. That's right. We yeah. forget that we are so powerful that we can create life, we can bleed without dying. You know, we have a lot of power and, of course, society tends to diminish that and, and play it down and we forget. So, and every generation or every, you know, hundreds of generations or whatever forgets, you know, a little bit more. And when we remember that internally, it can be quite scary because this world is not, it's not safe for a powerful woman in many ways. Mm-mm. You know what? That that reminds me of the experience that I, that I had once, and I was actually I was led to this um, sacred site. I mean, I'm always guided by by the ancestors. I'm always mindful where I walk, and even up here, wherever I'm walking, I always ask first. And this day, I was guided to this sacred site, and I knew, I knew that I had something to bring through, but I was scared because you know because my skin colour is different. You know, but I had to stand in this in this powerful spot, and I tell you what, I had the message of a lifetime, and from that day, I haven't stopped. I haven't stopped, and I I can still get those. I still get those little bit of um, it's not fear, but I'm just mindful of where I walk and what I say, and and it's just sensitive issues around cultural ways and around. Um, because women, like the women in all cultures, are revered. You know, they're really held in a, in a, in a high pillar of light. You know, especially Native American. It's just you know, that's that's a woman that holds the the key. And so the grandmothers, you know, us. You know, you have to be a um, you don't have to have a, a grandchild to be a, a grandmother. I mean, we are when we the crone is the grandmother, and that that's the wisdom. And see, my grandmothers in spirit are always telling me to step forward, step forward, step forward. Come on, girl, step forward. Just shake it off. Step forward. You know, you've got things to share. You've got work to do, and don't be frightened. 
we are you know, we're holding you, we're honoring you and thank you. And I and I just every day, every morning I give thanks to my grandmothers by the beach saying thank you for guiding me but also stripping me of of what I thought I was supposed to be. But I'm not actually it's it's how I have to walk. It's integrity honour and respect and the, and the grandmother's way and that knowledge is now coming forth and it's time to come forth and to be heard you mm. know and who we think we are is not who we actually are is it no. that we have to because we're so attached to our thoughts and our thinking and we just love to think and we find it very difficult to stop and we always have this image of what other people think of us and then we think that's who we are but in fact that is not us at all and the more you can kind of feel and not care and not worry so much about what other people think or indeed not worry at all then the more chance you have of your I guess your body or listening to that wisdom can I ask Jabu and feel free to to say you can't you can't say this but when you went to that sacred site and you got the message loud and clear may I ask you know is that a feeling that you get do you hear voices do you see things like how does that message come um well I um the grandmothers um well depending where it is if if, if it's if I'm being guided to a men's site which women don't go there you know but I get I get told to stand like stand back off the the site and just hold space. But if it's women's site, I, I get the grandmothers literally in circle, pulling me into a particular area to sing, to sing the line through of healing. And so it's it's a blessing. It's I mean I've only done one welcome to country because I just don't go there in that. I just do a blessing saying thank you to the to the um to the land. But I've also was shown by an elder, you know, that I was here to do a particular uh, ceremony um, for the land. So it has been a massacre site, you know. I'm just very gently walking, and I do have to be mindful of what I, how I say this. But I mean, I don't speak on behalf of any of any of my mob or any of my elders. Or I just get guided to go somewhere. Yes, FM 100.3, bringing you the best of I've been told to sit on the land. I've been told to gather some some um, bark and, and just um, and pay my respects. But what happens, I literally get white feathers out of nowhere falling down when I'm finishing. Like, wherever I go, they just follow me and they just – and the white feather is the white dove blessing, which is what my – my thing, my work is called White Dove Blessings. Um, the White Dove comes in, she sings a song of love and peace, and then she flies off to the next spot yeah. or next area, next waterfall, next yeah. creek or beach. That's beautiful. It's such a beautiful yeah. connection. And I think that you have with, with the land, with the ancestors, with I don't know if spirit's the right word or not. Oh yeah, yeah. They, um, they, I mean, they, 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 they walk. I mean, they are spirit. I mean, they. I mean, I, I, I physically see them. I mean, they can be jumping out of trees, or they could be hiding behind a tree, and, and they literally tap me on the shoulder and say, "You've got to go down to right there and sit right there, be right there." Wow, yeah. you actually see them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or don't go there. That's not your space to go to. You've got to go. I can remember waiting. At, 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 at like um, 
time of my life I had to wait for nearly five years to go to some place to visit because they said it wasn't time. Mm. Then when it it was time, the doors opened for me to go. You know, I'm just so mindful of that connection to country. Yeah. Uh, That's, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So on YesFM 100.3, if you just tuned in, I've been speaking with Jabiru Boyd from Cairns, I believe. Is that correct? From Cairns. I knew you were from North Queensland. Um, And, you know, we've been having a fascinating conversation already and I can't believe it's already almost 10.30. So, Jabiru, I want to just explain for listeners again, like I said, this show is from the esoteric to the everyday. So, you know, Jabiru, you say that you can see um, the ancestors, the spirits, um, whoever, and they're guiding you places. So you're really connected to that wavelength of that frequency. So I explained last week when I was talking with Anne Meredith, the medium, that everything is energy and everything is a different wavelength or frequency of energy. And so um, in our society or the way that we have been brought up, the non-Indigenous sort of people or the people who've been born in Australia, um, not so much the ones who've come from other countries where they may also be very connected to the land, but more the generations, the younger ones that don't have and never had that connection or that come from countries that historically don't have that connection either and have been, you know, industrialised for a long time and that kind of thing. Um, so this connection is is not apparent unless you learn about it and you can experience and are brought up that way. So the energetics of uh, or the energetic field, then you know, electromagnetic frequency, the field of, of what our world is that we see here, like I'm sitting in this radio studio and there's equipment, and needles moving and there's a computer and I'm talking in a microphone and I'm, you know, I'm sitting here on this chair and the sun shining and whatever. So that's all the kind of vibrations, frequencies that humans can all sense. But then there's the quantum subatomic, you know, level that um, can, we, can, we know about it now, thanks to quantum physics, but it's not, you can't see it, but they can experiment with it, what have you. Um, and then there's levels of frequency that we can't see, like certain colours or what have you. So there's animals, for instance, that can sense about 50 different type of colours that humans can't even consider or can't even imagine what they are. Or they, the animals sense their environment using electricity, like the platypus, who has electric electroreceptors in its, in its bill and it can detect the electric fields of, of prey and that's how it catches its prey. So all that is to say that there's this other... Um, another lot of frequencies, which is humans are not generally in our society aware of this, but this is what you're, my understanding, Jabiru, of what you're talking about, and I've experienced myself a little bit, that there um, is another lot of, there's another world, basically, that you can call it the spirit world, you can call it the, a different frequency energy world or whatever it is, um, but it's actually there. And like you say, you had your near-death experiences and all that kind of thing, and many, many thousands of people, millions of people have had this and all report very similar things. And uh, what I read recently in a book called Mindful Universe was a neuro neuro um, surgeon had a near-death experience and he oh, yeah. basically proved, you know that book? And he, one's called The Proof of Head of Heaven and one's called Mindful Universe. And every part of his brain that was involved in sensing any kind of sight, sound, vision, whatever, was 
dead but in that coma and the only part of his brain functioning was the one to keep him breathing and keep his vital you know organs and but he had such an experience that he's written two books about it and he is now mm-hmm. trying to convince other neurosurgeons that people who have these experiences aren't because they always just think they're making it up or it's some brain chemistry yeah. or something but he's like no it's actually real there is this world of unconditional love that we will all be going to and you need to stop writing it off because i've basically proven that this and this is the same sort of world that we're talking about so that's a long-winded explanation to say <laughs> that that jabber is connecting with these with these um beings on it's just a level that most of us are not able to see, hear, or feel because, literally, because of the conditioning and the society that we live in. Most of all, would you say that, or is it more that some people are more sensitive, also naturally to these things, and some people aren't? Um, well, Kath, I can actually feel and see right now where you are right now. I don't know exactly the area, but I can feel. Yes, you also have ancestors there who are really also wanting to connect with you. Because, see, the thing is, is that, you know, I'm not, I'm not anything special. It's just I, I just take, make the time to tune in every morning and every time of my day of anything that might be coming through my field. And I can feel it and smell it. I can taste it. I can see it. So when we are just quiet and just sit, on country, magic happens. Mm. And I can feel it right now with you, these two particular standing side by side, like by the side of you. And I feel more so the one on the left is more so um, wanting to, after you, you know, after we have our interview, go outside put your feet on, on the land and just tune in because, honestly, look, they're all wanting us to listen to them. I mean, because it's, it's, this is the future. I mean, like, the future, when I had my death experience in, in 92, um, I was guided by these 13 um, crystal-like beings, you know, saying that the future is sound, colour and right, and um, they said, oh, we'll be activating that through... I didn't know. I didn't know how at the time. I had no idea. I was twenty-seven. I had no idea what I was even going on about. But I knew something because the body. When I came back after having my death experience, and I woke up, and the dad, you know, sort of, they also thought I was dead. You know, I had the sheet over my face, and you know, I was gone, pronounced dead. I went to the. I went when I went home. I went to the to gardens to our big gardens in Lisco where I was born, and this big tree literally spoke to me and said to just sit with me, I have things to talk to you about. And I was 27. I had no idea what that I thought I was going mad. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened is that from the experience, trees are a, a very big, important part of my life because that's where the ancestors actually travelled to. You know, they travelled into the trees and the trees are our standing ones, our, our, um, our ancient ones who, who just share with us, you know, a message of just... Stay grounded. Mm-hmm. You know, stay grounded. Mm-hmm. Simple way, you know. Yeah. It's called simple right way, way, right way walking, gentle way, and it's just putting yourself outside, walking outside, tuning into the sky, tuning into the leaves, tuning into the beings around us, the animals, and it's, it's actually very natural. It's just we've been conditioned or it's been too scary to go there. Mm. It's natural. Yeah, I mean, literally natural. That's right, because in the uh, world of 
you know, product, producing things and going faster and earning more money and getting more stuff and all that kind of thing. There's no time or we haven't, we don't prioritize because we don't uh-huh. know it's important time to just sit outside and do nothing, like literally do nothing. Kids can't handle yeah. it and most adults can't handle it. They, you know, got to have the phone or they've got to have something now. I saw, so I was in a cafe this morning and I saw some uh, parents sitting around one table having coffee and, you know, having a nice chat and two younger children and and they were not at the same table. They were at the table next door, but they clearly belonged. And they would last, like the two kids were probably, they were not school age, so they'll be four school age, maybe four and five or something. And they were both had an iPad and they were both just playing games the entire time and they weren't, one was opposite the other, but they were just playing the games and whatever. And I was like, you know, I mean, I feel very strongly that young children should not have any sort of devices, especially children under like seven. Um, and I see babies in prams with devices and I just want to start crying um, because those children to me are not being taught any social skills whatsoever and they're not sitting at the table and so they might be bored. So what? Being bored's good. So with my kids, I always made them, you know, I don't want to be, I mean, I feel like I'm being pretty judgmental here, but honestly, it's something that people just do because it keeps the kids quiet and it keeps them entertained. And fair enough, that I understand, you know, there's always times when you just wish your kids would just shut the hell up and leave you alone for five minutes, right? But I think it's gone too far the other way. So these two kids, instead of sitting at the table with the parents and eating and drinking with them, and, you know, maybe they might have a little colouring in or something. I mean, that's, you know, something to keep them entertained. That's okay. Um, and then they'd still be listening and, and hearing. But just being so cut off on the next table with the with the iPads. And I just, it made me really, really sad. I know this has nothing to do with that conversation, but <laughs> for some reason I just feel like I need to tell you, say that. But Cass, actually, it has got something to do with conversation because the thing is, is that, you know what, I would have, I mean, I actually, I actually make a point if I see this happening at a cafe, I actually make a point going up to and say, oh, hey, so what are you up to? I have this, I can't stop myself anymore. I actually sort of, I see, might see parents with, um, you know, the, the babies with their phones in, the, in their pram. And I look at the mum and I look at the baby and even by that, that changes something. It's just, I don't know. I just know that I made a choice um, when I, when I um, was pregnant with, um, with the Juna to um, not to have any of uh, iPad or whatever, nothing like that, and he still hasn't got one. Um, and, um, I mean, he has a, a laptop, but you know what, though? It, I mean, it comes back down to, I feel, to what we how we were raised. Like, I mean, I know for me, like, I mean, well, I didn't have any of that when I was growing up. No, of course not. Yeah. But uh, I, I think it comes back down to, you know, knowing that, as, as mums and as, um, as caregivers or um, aunties, uncles, uh, grandmothers, grandfathers, I mean, we just need to be more present. I mean, I have that too with the Juno. We, we need to be more present. And this is why I've, I've chosen this. This is why I chose or actually chose me this, you know, to, this topic of um, rite of passage as a woman because as a woman that we we are so – um, getting pushed out into the world instead of being with our children and and present with our children, that our children lose us. Mm. They lose us. This is why we need to just 
Oh, no, for me, is I'm actively in that space, you know, with the Juna. And if I'm not, I can sort of say, hey, I'm going to just have a bit of a time off for a bit. But we've just got to make that time and, and like it. But it's, it's a society thing or it's a fearful thing that when we're present with our children, we think we're going to miss out on something else. Mm, FOMO. Is, you know, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, rites of passage, I know that is what um, I did say to to Jabiru, what should we talk about? And she said, rites of passage as a woman. So I feel like we're sort of dancing around the edges of this. So on SFM, where you're with Kath on from the esoteric to the everyday. So rite of passage these days even is something that not many people may be familiar with, or they've heard the terms, but are not. But they think it's something that is only in, in for instance, traditional societies around the world. That you know, you have a rite of passage when you become a certain age, and the women, the girls become women, and the boys become men, and they go off and do ceremonies and whatever. So, the, sure, absolutely, that's rites of passage. But then in our, you know, society as well, the women's most rites of major rites of passage are having her first period, so menarche, that's known as, then uh, if they choose or if they become mothers, then that's another rite of passage. Even if they're not mothering children, most women do have some sort of, whether it's another child or or a pet or a project, they mother in some way. And then there's, you've got the the, um, transition into margo menopause. Um, So three major transitions as a woman. But would you, uh, and so what, what I'm trying to say is that there's no particular, although they are rites of passage, we don't celebrate them as such. So, you know, for instance, when a girl gets her first period, there's not very many families that would take her out to dinner and have a big party and give her a present. I mean, I did <laughs> for mine, <laughs> but you know, um, most people didn't. Certainly when I was a teenager, you know, it was like, oh, here you have a pack of tampons, you know, keep, suck it up and keep going. And so that is not celebrated. And that is the most amazing thing in the universe because the mere fact that a girl becomes a woman starts menstrual cycle is the reason that we're all here like you yeah. created humanity and yet it's like oh blah 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 taboo let's not talk about blood and stuff and then so the rite of passage as a mother that's celebrated quite a lot in our society you know you have a baby shower and you have your maternity leave and whatever but sore oh that's celebrated but make sure you go back to work when the baby's three months old or you're going to go fall behind in your career so then yeah. that whole early childhood rite of passage is gone and then you've got menopause which people are just like what the hell and this is horrible and I want to get it over with and I'm glad to I'll be glad to not have hot flushes and not to bleed anymore but then that's it and I you know and but menopause itself it's a massive massive rite of passage that needs celebrating and needs acknowledging as well so what would you add or or do you do you identify other rites of passage Jabiru or what would you have to say about all of that? Um, well, I, um, I, I feel my, my, um, my, uh, accident to 1992 was a, was a rite of passage. I died. And that was a major one for me. And then when my dad died, he was, um, I was, I was 33. That was, that was probably the pinnacle of my, my world, my life dying and changing to actually look at, um, my rite of passage, you know. Because it was it was through his through my dad's death that I was guided to um, walk this particular way, you know, and so, and I was, you know, I've seen courses and workshops, but I've I've naturally I've naturally been shown again by um, ancestors. I'm I'm saying all ancestors from all cultures come to me in spirit. And physically show me what I I need to do, whether it's um, 
whether it's a ceremony for myself or someone else or, or I might do a painting or I might do a, like a sort of a, um, a wreath, you know, like, like a, um, I make a wreath out of um, leaves and flowers and, and bark. But it's also, I also feel that, you know, when we have a, when we move house, a marriage separation, relationship um, breakdown, friendships change, that's also a lot of passage. You know, and when our children grow up, also a lot of passage, you know, and we don't sit there in that time for that space just to feel it because when that change happens, it's painful and there's grief. And if grief isn't felt, it becomes compacted grief and you don't really sit with it. So when my, when my um, dad died, I had no tools really that I sort of really look back on, um, but I had this sort of like, knowing in faith that there was something brewing for me to experience. So through my dad's death, I, yeah, I became, I was, became a naturally a death walker, death dueler. Um, and then with, then when, then when my mum died, which was seven years ago, and then my brother died not long after. And then I had six girlfriends die and two, two male friends all die similar time. And I was just shown how a lot of passage is really important to to acknowledge, you know, whether it's a death, you know, whether it's a death or a life-changing experience. And and if we don't do that sort of sit with it, you know, there's a compacted um, energy that creates anger or or um, depression or um, frustration and, and you, you tend to sort of, um, hide away, you know, and then, and then when for me with menopause, that was the most incredible, most painful, most amazing, most beautiful birthing that I've I've experienced because um, I was I was like um, ripped ripped apart on many levels. And I was taken to this really sort of a space where I hadn't been before because I didn't have a lot of passage as a little girl growing up, like seeing those journeys of whether it's my first blood ride or or my first um, boyfriend or or marriage or you know and or turning sixteen or turning twenty one or whatever, it gets gets washed away or doesn't even get seen. Mm. So when I started to look at that. With, with my um, uh, sort of shamanic practices um, in the very sort of beginning of my um, healing work, it was just powerful. And then I was getting guided and people were coming to me and saying, I would love to have that ceremony. I'd love to do this. All. So I was, ho- I was holding gatherings, you know. I've, I've held them all over, you know, Australia and especially through northern rivers up here. And, and now I'm sort of doing just more intimate stuff now with people might ask me to do something for um, a loss of their parents from years ago. I didn't get a chance to grieve that, you know. Mm. And it's, I mean, into you, I mean, like this, I mean, you getting a, you are starting up your your new podcast. It's a rite of passage, mm. and I want to honour that because that's a rite of passage. That's a, a rite of passage of you stepping into your your light, your power even more, and giving a voice to other women who have this wisdom that doesn't always get heard. So you know, like thank you. I mean, like thank you. 
oh. and to yeah. and to hear you and see you and feel you as the woman and the the, the medicine woman that you are, Kat. It's so important to sort of know that for yourself. Oh, thanks, Saru. That's I feel very honoured by um, coming from you to to call me a medicine woman and wise woman. Uh, I do feel like I am stepping into this kind of role uh, for various things that have happened recently. Um, and yeah, it's incredible all those rites of passages that you mentioned. I mean, you're so right. Any any significant event in our life is a rite of passage, but do we celebrate that? So we have, mm. you know, 18th birthday, sure. 21st birthday, I don't know if there's such a big thing anymore, but they used to be, you know, um, wedding or funeral. You know, that's pretty much the four main ones that we do. And then, of course, you've got the little things like Mother's Day, Father's Day, all that stuff. But to me, that's really just a commercialised, you know, thing um, to sell more crap. Um, I would much rather that instead of anybody buying anybody Mother's and Father's Day presents, that the kids actually just made their parent a cup of tea in the morning <laughs> or a breakfast, you know, which I don't ever get. <laughs> Well, my husband does it, <laughs> and the kids say it's from them. Um, you know, just a little, a little um, thing to say, hey, thanks for being my mum. I think that speaks so much more loudly than a bloody pressure cooker or whatever the hell. Um, so, yeah, and so many rites of passage that you mentioned, and some of them very powerful. So on Yes FM, I've been talking to Jabberoy Boyd about a whole manner of things. So we've mentioned the the topic of um, you know women's voices several times. And as we're all aware, the um, the voice referendum is happening. And I would like to segue just briefly, not to talk about politics, um, but Jabiru, just um, to talk about your experience as an Aboriginal Indigenous woman and your voice. Um, how you know? How has that um, shaped shaped your life? I suppose. Yeah, it, it's a touchy one, but I'll share how I feel in this moment. Look, hey, you know, because I, um, I really honour, um, the ancestors and, and the grandmothers, um, particularly. I'm not saying that I don't acknowledge the grandfathers, but the grandmothers particularly, you know. And you know what? I mean, for me personally, I mean, my voice has been silent or silenced over the years, you know. And so, we have the voice already. It just needs to be heard by us speaking up and being heard and being acknowledged, you know, because the grandmother, the grandmother's wisdom, you know, for instance, you know, like sacred sites, you know, the women's um, uh, birthing pools and ceremony places, you know, that's, that's really, really important for our future generations, for our children. For the young women, you know, um, in ceremony, that's that's what I feel that you know we we are, and this I'm going to say this for all women and all people, we are our voice. We don't need something put across and over us. We are our voice, you know, and that's that's important that I I'm saying that you know. I don't sort of um, need someone else to um, speak on behalf of me. Like I don't speak on behalf of, of any of my um, elders and I don't even go into that particular uh, topic because, you know, I just know as, as a woman we have all women, I mean saying all women, all cultures have been silenced for lifetimes and I mean for lifetimes. And you know what? No more. That, that, that's finished. Mm. We have to be able to speak out 
and share our knowledge and hold that space of love and reverence to move forward for the for the new earth, for the new way, the new beautiful way of peace and harmony and unity, not not division, unity and 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 coming together with this beautiful, you know, you know, I had this sort of um, you know, one mind, one love and one heart, mm. one hand, walking together. That is beautiful. That's beautiful. Is that something that that you have been told or is something that's come through in painting or or dancing or singing or is it like an overarching kind of thing or just keeps repeating or all of it. It's the same thing. So when I when I was living down at um uh you know, on based on country when I found out about my connection to country, but also up here, that's this is the same the same thing that comes to me is that, you know, it's, it's the old way. We need to get back to the old way, um, old way of holding space, old way of um, sharing with our children, you know, present with our children to bring forward a new way, mm. new way healing, new way walking, new way dreaming, you know. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it comes about love. I mean, love and unity, um, um, community, children. As you know, it takes a takes a community to raise a child, not yeah. one mum. Absolutely, you know? yeah. yeah. And it's about the connection, you know, of the community in concert with the earth. So as we, you know, destroy the earth merrily on our way, or for making profits, you know, we destroy ourselves. So that connection is really, really important, yeah. So, Jabiru, um, I just wanted to, we're going to sort of finish off, but I'd like to play one song to finish off. But I wanted to thank you so, so much. All while you were speaking there, I could just feel responding in my body, like just um, little, not shaking, but just sort of some kind of vibration to what you yeah. were saying um, just before and about the – so what, can you tell me again the thing, one – what was it, one voice, one – what did you say? Um, uh, uh, one, uh, one, one mind, one heart, one hand. Um, now, before I finish, I have a, a little sort of a, a little, sort of little song to uh-huh. share with you. That sure. The time. Yeah, yes, yeah. please. Um, and this is to honour the grandmothers. Grandmother dreaming. Is calling me home. Grandmother talking, talking. Grandmother singing, singing. Calling us home. And she wants to talking, talking. And she wants to calling, calling. Grandmother dreaming, whispering, come home. One mind, one heart, one hand. I know you're Honoring the grandmothers who walked before. Honoring you, Kath. Oh, thank you, Jabri. That was absolutely beautiful. Um, so one mind, one heart, one hand. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so, so much for being on the show. I really appreciate your time, your wisdom, your knowledge, your honesty and, and willingness to share. So this has been Kath on um, Yas FM 100.3 with From the Esoteric to the Everyday, speaking with the wonderful Jabiru Boyd. And I'm going to go out with one of my favourite songs. We were speaking about country, we were speaking about land, we were speaking about looking after things and the voice. And so this is one of my favourite songs that I think sums up very well. And this is Go Anna with Solid Rock. Love it. Love you. Bye, Jabiru.
I don't know if you guys were rocking out, but me and Joe were rocking out in the studio just then to yeah. Goanna Solid Rock. Good morning, Joe. How are you going? Sorry, start again, Joe. I'll put your microphone on. <laughs> That's my trick. How are you, Joe? Hey, I'm really good, Kath. Thanks. What a great song. It's it's so good. I love I love it. It was a kind of a one hit wonder um, band. I don't know that anybody sort of <laughs> you <laughs> know got the album, one. but I love it. It's the best song and really fitted well with my show just then with um, Jabaru talking about voice, women's voices and um, you know the voice a little bit, but not the political side. Just the fact that um, Jabaru feels very strongly that you know she would just like her voice to be heard and everyone's voices should be heard um, rather than somebody something kind of like representing that it's just they or you know people already have a voice people just other people just need to listen anyway that's all i'm going to say there well i but want yes. to add something yeah, you please add I something kind, she was beautiful wasn't she yep. amazing i think everybody needs somebody like that in your life or you need to meet somebody and i think these people come into your lives at the right time when you're ready to listen to these people and you resonate very much with what they're saying but i just loved um her her principal message which was everyone has a voice and we just need to be heard and this is a really big thing for me and I know we haven't got long to talk about this so I'll be very quick and it's helping what I'd like to do um, especially with the work that we do here at Yes FM is help women find the right way to get their voices heard because we can all sit around and talk till we're blue in the face we have amazing things to say but Finding ways that people will listen to what you want to say is very important. Mm. And, I mean, for example, there was a beautiful lady on this morning talking about Rotary Markets, Michelle, and her, you could just see her eyes light up or hear her eyes light up when she talked about helping the young people. And that strength in um, her ability to be able to help young people and talk about it so eloquently and enthusiastically um, it's a skill that we, you know, we have that skill. We always do that. That's what women do. And mm. being able to share that with people so that you are heard and taken seriously and you can um, mm. expedite change in the right way, that's what's important. Oh, it's so important. I think that, you know, perhaps you and me should go into politics, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Women's voices. Yeah. We want to be heard. What do we want? And be taken seriously. Yes, listen to, to us. Say. Shut the hell up and listen. And that's the problem is that people... Don't really listen because, in fact, instead of listening to you, what they're doing is thinking of what they're going to say next, Yeah, you know. And so as a result, their brain is full of what am I going to say next versus, oh, I wonder what is she actually or he actually saying here. So the art of listening is exactly that. It's something that people need to learn how to do and how to do well. And I think it would make a whole lot of difference in the world.